Welcome to Conversations on Coast Access Radio. In this program we have conversations with people about their interests, their lives, the things that motivate and excite them. So relax and enjoy this conversation. My guests today on Conversations are Andy and Lee. They've been with us, with me, a few times over the past few months, and we've been discussing the issues of radiation frequencies and all the stuff caused by our modern technology. So, welcome. Thank you, Graham. Hi, Graham. Good to have, good to have you back. Let me start with an illustration, and let's generate our discussion um, off that today. We know that standing out in the sun for long periods is bad for us. Hence, during the summer, we um, slip, slop, slap and cover ourselves up with hats and protective clothing and sunblock because we know that overexposure to the sun causes skin cancer. What are the more subtle exposures that we are um, exposed to that we need to cover ourselves up from? And if so, what's the methods um, that, that you would use? So there you go. These are our opening statement. Okay. <laughs> That's a quite a broad, yeah, broad was, bucket to jump it, into. It was quite so, a mouthful, wasn't it? <laughs> so well, let's talk about the radio frequency. Radio frequency being the um, all of the frequencies that are coming from, say, cell phone towers and amateur radio and... Um, emergency services and satellites and all of these layers of radio frequencies. So if we start talking about that for a, for a start, um, there are ways to, to protect yourself from those. So um, when we do step outside, we are in, in layers of um, different modulated frequencies. So um, certainly with it, within a house, you can protect yourself from frequencies coming in if there's a cell phone tower outside and, the, and it disturbs your sleep, for example. So there are ways to deal with with that radio frequency coming in. Um, and similarly with, with Wi-Fi, if you have really strong Wi-Fi and you can't turn it off because you've got teens who want it at 2 o'clock in the morning, you know, there are, there are ways to protect yourself from that. And it usually involves, you know, shielding paint materials or, or other physical materials that you right. place in the way. Can we explore it under two broad headings then? Let's talk about the human body shielding for a start, you know, the intimate stuff, the clothes we wear, that sort of thing. And then let's move it into the bigger setting of our homes and offices, etc. So what do you do if you are sensitive um, and aware of this issue? What kind of clothing can you use to actually protect yourself? Are natural fibres better or worse, or do we have to have manufactured fibres? What's... So the the idea behind any sort of shielding is that um, the, the the protection comes from the material being conductive, right? So natural fibres don't really play a part in it. Um, so with the the shielding co- shielding clothing, particularly like what what Lee's wearing today, wearing a hat and a and a long sleeve top, this has a silver fibre th- sewn into into the cotton and polyester mix. I think it is what what Lee's wearing. Right. Lee, here's the question that every woman's going to ask. Mm -hmm. Is it comfortable? Is it fashionable? Um, What does it feel like to wear? 
Well, it's all those things, Graham. It's comfortable and it's very fashionable. You can wear it underneath things or it's so classy, really. Mm. You you can wear it and no one would know that, that you were wearing special shielding right. clothing. Now, I hope this isn't a stupid question. And I say this with respect because it could sound very wrong. When you take your clothes off, mm-hmm. do you notice the difference? Yes. Yes. The, the, a, a, a good example of that is in the morning in the kitchen. Occasionally I'll put my dressing gown on and I get up and I'll say, I'll just go and have a drink of water and, and then I'll come back and get dressed. And I never get, I never get back. Right. And all of a sudden... I suddenly realise that I've got no shielding clothing on. Right. I'm not wearing any of it, at, obviously, at the time. And I do notice the difference in timing that I can actually stay in that kitchen area because this is my most difficult place right. to be. Where there is the a concentration, yeah. Coming straight through where I'm, where I, that's my workplace. Really, mm. How does it manifest for you? Is it, do you feel it in terms of heat or what's the experience you get? The first experience I get usually is fatigue. Right. Um, it's a very, very heavy fatigue, and all of a sudden my body seems to lose all its energy and the muscles don't mm. are not strong. I can feel that. Sometimes I get warned with a sort of a hot flash, and I think probably my body is trying to compensate for whatever's coming. Sure. And that's a good warning for me to do something about it. Mm. So I, I can feel a bit dizzy and a bit wobbly. Okay. When I walk down the hall, I've got to be careful not to walk into the walls. Yes. <laughs> and I think, oh, goodness, I'll have to do something about this. Right. So, you know, I am warned and I know that I have things that I can do that will mm. help me, which is makes a big difference. And again, I hope this is not a dumb question. Are there any more areas of the body that are more vulnerable to radiation effect? Well, we tend to feel it immediately around the head and the neck. Right. I think they, they're probably your first clues. Um, uh, mm, tingling yeah. on the skin, heat rushes, or yes. a, a type of rush, um, and brain fog. I, I tend to get... I. I've worked out which electromagnetic stressor gives me what symptom. Right. So in a radio frequency environment, um, I get a tingling on the neck, on the head, right. and I get sort of instant brain fog. Right. Um, and I, I, it can actually make me quite agitated. Um, and I think that's that's probably quite a common symptom for for a lot of people. Yeah, it is. It is for me too. I think, and especially in the evenings. If the LED lights are going, mm. all of a sudden I'm getting stabbing pains in the back of my neck. Mm. And the, the brain fog, I'm just so used to the brain fog, I don't even mention it. Yes, the, you lose your concentration and you're thinking, now what was I doing? Right. Mm. Okay, so it's a worry. you're wearing a very nice top and you've got a hat. That still leaves top of shoulders, neck, face exposed. I guess that's something you just have to live with the, or... Are there cosmetics that you can use to to help shield the exposed areas? Cosmetics, that's an interesting one because some cosmetics do probably contain some sort of conductive element at some point. I, I don't know enough on, on right. any cosmetics and I haven't come across anything, any sort of cream or anything that you can put on for this. Um, but, yeah, you, you obviously can't like, cover your entire body up, so you, cut, you, you deal with your sort of you know, major areas. But there are there are also also rules around wearing shielded clothing. Right. Just like 
Um, I, I always sort of refer to the gremlins and the you know the original Mogwai. Don't get it wet. Don't feed it after midnight. Sort of thing. Oh, you said me for that. Yes. Um, but with shielding, shielding clothing, you you only want to wear it when you're going out and you know you're going into a, a high EMF environment. Right. Um, in your normal environment, um, if if you can control what's in your environment, but certainly with Lee, she has some Wi-Fi coming in from from a neighbor's house. But in, in your normal environment, you don't really want to be isolating yourself from the natural frequencies, except when you you, you tend to use the shielding clothing when you, say, go to the supermarket or you, you go to a, a another shop or a mm. you know, shopping mall, etc., where you know there's going to be a lot of, a lot of Wi-Fi and a lot of cell phone frequencies. Mm. Question pops into my head that's totally spurious. Fridges. I can remember as a young technician, computers were... You could you could never run a computer beside a fridge because they just generate so much splatter that, that that they would wipe the early computers out. Been any study done on on the effects of EMF from from big fridges? Not not specifically, no. But we, you could talk about it in terms of what's happening to the fridge at the time. So as um, as the cycle kicks in and the, the pumps kick in, there's a big magnetic field. Mm, mm. And within that magnetic field, it's a, there's an electric field, and within that electric field, there's going to be dirty electricity as well. So all of that will contribute to affecting a computer. Mm. And I got, have to say that that's one of the first realisations I had as a technician, that I was working in an environment of much greater, what's the word I want, EMF than what I realised. Because... You're working away on your computer, you get near a fridge, poof, yeah. it's wiped out. Yeah. And that made me sit back and think, actually, what, what is happening around me here? What's, mm. um, what's, what's the electrical dynamic? Okay, um, clothes, expensive? That's, that's another question that I can hear a family asking. Um, I, I, I think they're expensive, yes. Um, and there are actually some more companies out there overseas that that are providing clothing. Um, I'm actually branching into clothing. I'm actually right. going through making some prototype clothing now. I have I have um, shielding material, so we're actually going through that process. I'm, I'm using right. my own brand to create some clothing, and purely because um, I do. I, yeah, I'm trying to offer solutions for as many of these EMF stresses mm-hmm. as we can. Um, but by the time you get shielded clothing in, it's actually quite expensive when you ship it from overseas. So we're, yes. we're making it in-house in New Zealand. So that's actually something that I'm, I'm moving into now because it is it is rather expensive. Right. The thread woven into the fibre, is it still soft? And Yes, it is, and it's so fine. Um, occasionally a little, a little sort of is hanging, and I'm, I'm quite fascinated because I... I had a I have a snood and it was a little bit big for me, so I got the sewing machine out and sewed it up. Well, do, do you think the needle would go through properly because the it's very strong? Mm. But when you see it, it's very very fine and it could actually just be like a little plastic piece of plastic yes, that we yep. often have threaded mm. through our, mm. our clothes that make them elastic and tight and fall out in the floor, etc. etc. Right. As, as part of my my research into looking at the materials, what I can make shield the clothing out of. So I, I, uh, the material that I, I, I'm using is 42% silver fibre, if I get the numbers right, um, 55% cotton and the remainder is polyester. 
And so I, I put a microscope on it, a 1600 mm-hmm. times microscope, to zoom in to see how the fiber, how the silver fiber is sewn into it, because I want to provide this sure. this evidence to people. And, it, and there it is, you know, you can see within the fibers all of these very fine strands of silver fiber all sewn into into the material. It's quite fascinating. Mm. 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 I have a tongue-in-cheek statement. The knights of old in their suits of armour would have been fine, wouldn't they? <laughs> they would have been fine. They would have been fine. I think we used to make jokes, didn't we, at our meetings, that we would get a few tinfoil hats and put the tinfoil underneath what we're wearing to sort of protect ourselves. Yeah. Well, actually, you raise a good point because that is the caricature, isn't it? Um, yeah. The, the tinfoil hat. Um, do they actually work? That, that's, that's the irony. It's used as a derogatory term, but it actually does work. Hmm. So... Silver foil or aluminium foil does attenuate, does decrease the radio frequency to a certain degree. Right. So, it, so it does actually work. In the event you have no other alternative, you can buy some aluminium foil. Yeah. Just perhaps not quite um, social attire, perhaps, <laughs> and a little uncomfortable. Yes, indeed, indeed. Okay, so we've talked about the human body and th- there's clothing um, available. So what about our actual houses? You talked about um, Lee having a neighbour's house with quite a hi-fi signal coming through. So what are the practical ways to prevent that, apart from lining the, the walls with, with tinfoil? So, so, so for this, we uh, certainly in Lee's case, uh, we're creating a, a shielded room, mm-hmm. and we do that with shielding paints. So there's a, a great product out there, um, called EMF Turtle that, that that I provide, which is a powder, and you just mm. mix water with it. It's having it in powder form means that we can bring it into New Zealand a little bit cheaper than a, a five sure. litre bucket of liquid. So in in Lee's case, we're creating a, a Faraday cage, mm-hmm. a, a room that's that's shielded on on all sides, including the ceiling, um, and we've got all the paint. We're, we're probably pretty close to putting the paint over mm. oily. And you just paint the solar and then paint your decorative colours over the top of it? Correct, yeah. Um, but in between the, the two layers of radio frequency paint, you do put a um, a copper tape to create an earthing sure, yep. uh, connection, and then you run that out to either a grounding rod or through your natural um, earth, through your electrical system. Right. Expensive? Uh, yeah, don't give me you know exact dollars and cents. Um, it wasn't too bad. Really, or too bad? Oh, yeah. pa- pa- I, I tend to think paint's mm. quite expensive anyway. Oh, really, paint is expensive. It is. Yes, mm. yeah. um, unshielding paint is probably just a little bit more. Right. Now we have an interesting phenomena in this building in that it's it's concrete block um, full of um, reinforcing rod. We can't use a radio here in our own radio station because the concrete block with all its um, reinforcing steel is a very effective Faraday cage. So some buildings must therefore be better than others in the construction type? Yeah, certainly. Uh, our our normal sort of uh, wooden batten house, um, the wood does very little for, mm. for blocking radio frequency. It'll, it'll drop a little bit out. Um, but brick houses do drop a lot more of the radio frequency out. So uh, many of the houses that have a brick fascia, what I call a brick fascia, mm. it's that sort of thin brick, um, that actually does block out probably you know, 40 50% of radio frequency coming in. Right. A house with um, corrugated iron roof 
is better than a concrete tile roof if you work on on that me, um, metal shielding. Yeah, correct, correct. In terms of uh, blocking radio frequency coming in, but a metal roof can also um, add other issues. For instance, if you are, have say outside lights or electric cables that are very close to the tin roof, then the electric fields are extended across the roof. Yes, of course. Or if you're near outside power lines, the magnetic fields will be basically drawn across the metal roof. Um, But in a number of instances, you can earth the roof um, to get rid of the electric fields. Um, But certainly a a corrugated iron roof will be blocking uh, radio frequency Mm. to a higher degree than tile. Just walking my head around a typical house. So if you go into a kitchen and you've got fridges, microwaves, blenders, all those sorts of things, and a nice stainless steel workbench, um, does that actually add a kind of cumulative effect that, that the bench could actually act as a absorber and reflector? Correct, correct. Yeah, if you have, say, a bread maker on, the, on a metal bench or very close to it or any other electrical device a lot of the things in a kitchen do consume mm. uh, electricity and and a high current so therefore there's probably a magnetic field around it so that will get you know drawn reflected refracted around um, around a kitchen but a, a kitchen in terms of emf protection um, unless that kitchen has you know appliances that are on a shared wall next to a bedroom the kitchen is a transient place right so we're not you can't really get away from the fact that your, you know, your bread maker, your dehydrator, your other appliances have a high magnetic field. It's just about creating distance from those things. Right. And in that instance, you don't wear shielded clothing. Sure, sure. You know, you just. So if we come to the bedroom, and right next to your bedroom is a is a cell phone tower. Don't laugh; it can happen. Um, would you just rely on a paint shielding, or would you actually look at beadwear that actually had a blanket made of of protective material? Yeah, so there's a few options there. Um, so you you could go for the shielding paint, but then you've got windows to deal with. Right. So you have a uh, either a daytime or a nighttime solution for that. At nighttime, you really want full protection because mm. you're sleeping and you're recovering. Uh, daytime, you can have a um, a window film that is um, a conductive window film. Yes. And and th- th- these look like the normal window films that are blocking UV light mm-hmm. and, and uh, red light, etc. So you can put window films over it. If, if you can't do that, then you can go for neck curtains, which have silver fibre in them. Um, but that blocks light coming in. Yes. Um, and what I've done at my house, I've actually put some shielding material in between the curtain linings, between the thermal mm, backing mm. and the, the front of the curtain. So there, there's a few options to deal with your windows as well. It's because glass um, is, is a good conductor, isn't it? Because um, you you draw the curtains at night to, to keep the heat and to stop the, the, the heat loss out through the glass. So therefore EMF must radiate through equally, um, e- equally well. Correct, passes straight through. Right. Are there any tinted glasses on the market that actually have filtering built into them? A window glass, you mean? Yeah, the actual window glass, yeah. If, if the coating on the glass that's um, designed for UV protection 
has a conductive element to it, which mm-hmm. they generally do, then it will provide a certain amount of of protection, if you will. How about aluminium joinery? You've got a lovely big metal frame holding glass. Does the alloy itself actually act as a absorber and retransmitter? It, it, it does a wee bit, and that's it's an interesting point because I've just been talking with some guys at a window film supplier. And we were talking about this subject because there's a um, a radio frequency shielding product that I'm trying to um, distribute on their behalf sort of thing. Mm. Um, and they were talking about when in some of their installations, they have had to take the entire window panes out to put the window film in, in, in the far corners because yes. there were still signals coming through the aluminium joinery. Um, so aluminium will attenuate, will decrease the radio frequency to a certain degree, and the window film will block it. But there's still some still leakage, still a little bit of getting through. But um, in a domestic situation, that's probably fine. Right. In a security situation, that's not what you want. Right. So, what kind of figures would you expect to be able to achieve? You've set up a, a room that's what's the term you use? Sorry, it's Faraday cage. Yeah, Faraday cage. A reduction in 100%, 90%, 75%. What are the sorts of figures you look at? With with the shielding paint and good attention to detail, i.e. overlapping curtain material and, say, neck curtain and window film, etc., you can get it down to 99.997%, give or take. Which is good enough. That's, that's virtually 100%. Correct. Right. I've never been inside a Faraday cage. Do you notice, you know, a, a proper dedicated one, do you notice any different in sensory perceptions? I, I think you do. And I'm looking forward to Lee's being mm. completed because Lee also has a, a grounding system. Mm, an oozing system. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to... Yeah, mm. we have a copper rod put out just outside the window that mm-hmm. Andy had a look at to see where it was where the best place would be and then it's wired through the wall and i have um long leads with two copper handles yes and this is relatively new for me and it's made a big difference to my health um as andy would tell you we, we have um, electromagnetic fields naturally in our mm. body and one of the best things that we can do is go outside early in the morning bare feet on the earth to get the earth energy through us and to get the sun through our Mm. eyes and pituitary gland but we, we can't do this because it's just rains and it's just cold and it just blows <laughs> so I have my earthing machine right? <laughs> and the good thing is I can use it any time of the day whether, it doesn't matter what the weather is like but within a half an hour I'm, I feel 100% better Right. It's the, and the earthing energy that's coming through is extremely strong I can actually mm. feel that the, the, the good thing about that system as simple as it is is if you step outside in bare feet to earth yourself mm. on on your in your back garden. If the if if the grass if the soil is dry, your back garden's dry. There's less co- less it's less conductive. Indeed. But with an earthing rod and you holding onto an earthing lead, that earthing rod is is buried like a meter or so. So that is into in, into much more conductive soil. Than yes. the, so you are actually earthing yourself a lot better using this sort of system. Um. And I, yeah, I, I think it's great. Mm. Mm. I thought it was interesting, actually, Graham, that when um, 
and my friend was there with his mallet hammering down the um, the copper rod, but which was protected. He said, I think there's some rocks down here that won't go any further. And we discovered it was the sand that had been compacted and compacted to be built on because it's um, right. I live in North Beach. So, mm-hmm. you know, and like a lot of mo- most houses, I suppose, in the Kapiti area, we, we're built on sand hills and bits of sand. And well, the sand reaches from the coast to the foothills. That's, that's yeah. the reality. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. this is a, a, a coastal yeah. plain. Yeah. Right, have, have we covered all the aspects we wanted to talk about? We've talked about shielding the body with clothing um, and head with a hat. Um, socks as well, I guess, are they? Yeah, you can buy all sorts of things. Uh, one of the big sort of trends is, is underwear. Um, I, I don't actually provide that at the moment, but that, that's one of the, yeah, the, the big sort of trends, aren't they? Right. Right, and we've talked about houses and shielding paint, um, curtains, uh, roof as well. Um, I think we've probably covered the whole range. Yeah, just one one, one other mm. sort of point to note as well is, is if you are creating a, a shielded room, if if this room is on the ground floor, then you're probably okay, but if it's elevated, you may also consider shielding the floor as well. Oh, indeed, because you'll be picking up radiation from devices below you. Correct. Yes. Yeah. If you're yeah. in an apartment, radiation is coming from all six sides. Mm. Wow. And yes. Well, thank you. If somebody wants to get hold of you, Andy and Lee, and have a chat, what's the best way to contact you? So you can contact me on um, my websites on earthwaves.co.nz or my online shop is emfshop.co.nz. Brilliant. Well, thanks for coming in. It's been a really interesting interesting discussion. Thank, Thank you both. Thank you, Graham. You've been listening to Conversations on Coast Access Radio, a program where we talk with people about their lives, their passions, their interests. I'm Graham Joyce. This program is made with assistance from New Zealand On Air for radio broadcast and through the accessmedia.nz website. Thank you, New Zealand On Air.